What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Zack Attacks. The last two weeks, I've been doing podcasts on, like, the new music that comes out every week, and I didn't get to do that this Friday because I drove my ass to Massachusetts to go and surprise my brother for his engagement. So my brother proposed to Jess. Congratulations to both of you. I cannot wait for you guys to get married and see how your life turns out. You two are the best. And I'm so glad I got to spend the weekend with you. But anyway, I didn't do the new music podcast that I've been doing every week. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't because uh, Avenged Sevenfold's new album, one of my favorite bands of all time. For anybody that knows me, you know that I got a death bag tattoo when I was 16 on the Wildwood Boardwalk. Um, Just a band that I've always kind of identified with. I remember the video for Unholy Confessions being absolutely huge in me getting into metal, like seeing the community that they created. And that's just like one of, in my opinion, like the most badass songs of all time. And then I remember like in middle school, I would watch VH1's like music videos in the morning. And, like, they had a bunch of artists that they would do, like, blocks of on VH1. And I definitely remember some days in middle school seeing some blocks of Avenged Sevenfold music videos. And Seize the Day was one that played a lot. And the video for Seize the Day was just fucking sick. It's, like, I guess, I think it's just M. Shadows goes and, like, commits, like, a little bank robbery. And, like, his wife is pregnant and he's in jail and, like, you know, he's, like, spending his time in there while his family's growing and stuff, and I I don't know, like, I remember that having, like, an early impact on me before I ever even started listening to metal, and, like, this was just one of my favorite bands from the jump, especially, like, the Wake in the Fall and Nightmare albums, like, those are definitely my two favorite albums from Avenged Sevenfold, and, like, just one of my favorite bands, really. Although, their albums have never been perfect, they've always taken some chances, And for the first time in seven years, they've given us another album. And like I was saying earlier, I'm glad that I didn't do a New Music Friday because this album really needed a couple listens to be able to really figure out what the fuck was going on. So I'm glad that I took a five-hour drive, which I was lucky. Only five hours both ways from Delaware to Massachusetts. Not bad at all, but I definitely got a chance to listen to some music. And of course, Avenged Sevenfold putting out a new album. I got my first listen on that drive and I've only been listening to it more since just trying to figure out what the fuck's going on and really trying to dissect the albums like I said it's the first album they put out in seven years their last album the stage came out in 2016 and that was a strange album too there was a lot to take in with that one they tried a lot of new things and there was a lot of lore around this album life is but a dream can't wait to get into it all So anyway, off the jump, I'm going to say the album art to this thing is fucking badass. I love the kind of like new inkblot version of the Death Bat that they have. And just like this whole album cover with like the Reaper up on the top and like, you know, just all the skeletons down at the bottom. I feel like it's very on brand. It's kind of minimalistic compared to the album art for, for the stage, but it definitely works. Just seeing the album art itself when they first announced this album, I was like, hell yeah, Avenged Sevenfold's back, it's been seven years, can't wait to see what they have coming up next. And for those of you that don't know, I know M. Shadows specifically, but probably the whole band are like huge fans of Kanye West. Like, I know that they did, like, a pop-up show for, like, this album, like, a couple weeks before it came out, and, like, and M. Shadows came out in, like, a face mask with his Yeezys on, he's got the voice modulators, like, you can really see the Kanye influences that this band's had, and besides from the Kanye influences, 
the band uh, said that they did DMT. I think it was specifically M Shadows and Sinister did a bunch of DMT and like it kind of changed their perception and kind of made them want to make this record the way that they did. So Psychedelic Drugs and Kanye West uh, brought us the 2023 Avenged Sevenfold album. So let's get into it. Like I said, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. So I kind of want to incorporate their own words into this review. And the way that I'm going to do that is with uh, this article that I found on uh, loudersound.com. It's uh, Metal Hammer. It's an article of a track-by-track breakdown by Avenged Sevenfold on the album. So I just feel like, you know, getting their perspective of what they were trying to make and then adding that into like what I felt about each track is going to be the best way to review this album without a doubt. Just a quick little side note before I decided that I was going to sit down and do this today I watched Anthony Fantano's review of this album where he absolutely tore it the fuck apart and it's so funny because like I feel like a lot of the references he's like oh this just sounds like a Mr. Bungle track or something like that and then if you read this article of them talking about it they're like yeah well we really were influenced by Mr. Bungle on this track so like I don't know I feel like their words plus the perception are definitely the way to go to look at this thing because it's a weird album you know they did a lot of drugs drugs and kanye let's get into it life is but a dream by avenge sevenfold came out on june 2nd 2023 track number one is called game over and here is what avenge sevenfold had to say about the track it says with acoustic and noisy electric guitars the opener moves at hyper speed and delivers a frantic heightening sense of anxiety says Zachy Vengeance. Brooks Wackerman calls it our most aggressive song on the record and shortest too. It gets to the point and then it's done. Well, technically, I don't think it's actually the shortest track. I think one of the G.O.D. songs is a little bit shorter, but it definitely has that frantic heightened sense of anxiety feel to it. Like there's a point during this song where I feel like M. Shadow starts it off just saying a bunch of random ass fucking words and it sounds badass. Like it's a heavy song. The album really does start off with a bang. Like, Game Over, when I was first listening to it, I was like, okay, they're really about to bring the heat with this one. And I think it's one of the best tracks on the album. I think that it's going to be a great opening track for shows to them. Like, regardless of what you think about this album as a whole, it definitely has some great songs on it that are going to kick up their live game. And I think that Game Over is a perfect example of that. I don't know what I'm going to rate this album, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to give each of the tracks a number and we'll give averages and figure out what I give this album as a whole at the end. And I give Game Over the opening track an 8 out of 10 for sure. And then track two, we have Mattel, like the toy brand. So, you know, off the bat, Avenged Sevenfold is saying that everything is plastic. So here's what they had to say in the track by track for the song. It says, with tough guitars balanced with jazzier effervescence, M. Shadows sings of living in an artificial world while searching for meaning. Are video games getting too close to real life, or is real life emulating the game? It's getting very hard to tell, Shadow says. Add Zaki. I love the barrage of noise in the solo. It takes your mind for a complete spin. One thing I'll say is Avenged Sevenfold definitely doesn't think that flowers are real in this artificial world. They bring it up multiple times on the album. Mattel is a really good song. Like, I feel like Avenged Sevenfold has this thing where they go super top heavy. Like, 
the first couple songs on the album are always incredible and then some of the stuff a little bit lower starts to have the discrepancies i i think that they describe this song really well it really does kind of just talk about like a futuristic world searching for meaning it kind of has the same vibe as the stage like i don't even know if avenge sevenfold knows how similar the themes were on this to the stage like they definitely tried some different things but like it really does kind of follow up pretty well with the same stuff that they were talking about i'm gonna give mattel an eight out of 10 too i think that this is a song i'm gonna like more and more the more i listen to it like anthony fantana was like i can't hear that fake flower line again but like i kind of liked it i think that the chorus of this song was really good it has a lot of stuff going on in it this song's about five and a half minutes long i feel like this is one of the ones that i'm definitely going to continue to have on repeat that i want to listen to more so for that reason alone like for playability and also for their live show like i feel like this is going to be an event sevenfold track that's going to last past you know the release of this album i'm gonna give that one an 8 out of 10 again like i feel like the vocal effects work really well on this track like there's parts where like it'll make like this grumbly noise and then kind of go quiet for a minute and then just go into like a really heavy blast of metal guitar and i don't know i think there's a lack of heaviness later on in this album so some of the moments where they're doing like the typical event sevenfold shit with all of like these new kanye elements on top of it like they're some of the best moments on the album and you definitely get it with mattel all right on to track three the single from the album nobody so what event sevenfold had to say with uh loudersound.com metal hammer was the lead single combined strings blast of guitar notes jazz vocal harmonies and an elegant rock solo into an unpredictable hole explains brooks you can probably hear some jazz fusion influence between and then it says sinister gates and i as we take off adds bassist johnny christ we kicked around the idea of it sounding like it got inspiration from terminator 2 it sounded like the metal becoming liquid i mean i fuck with terminator 2 i definitely think the subject matter on this album is pretty terminator 2 i really like nobody i've listened to this song a bunch of times it's one of my top spotify tracks right now it's on the longer side as avenge sevenfold songs tend to be like shit the single from the stage the song the stage is like seven and a half minutes long nobody clocks in at just under six minutes and the opening noise like i don't even know what it is is a guitar the mm, that they have on the track like i can't wait to see that moment live like i really feel like this is a great avenge sevenfold song like i i know that a lot of people were hating on it but this one i feel like it's once again it's the original stuff with all of these extra things added onto it and i love that like i feel like rather than completely changing and doing something different like learning these new things and adding it into what you already have is what's going to make you successful and i really feel like they did that i even like like the voice that comes over and goes like nobody in the song like i feel like there's it's pretty tough another song that i think is going to be great live these first three in fact first four songs on the album i hope that they play all of them next time that i see them even in place of some of the you know classic songs that i've seen them play before that i love so much i don't know if we're looking at the singles from the last two albums so that would be hail to the king and then the stage both of the titled tracks that you know were the first singles versus Nobody. Like, I honestly think Nobody might be the strongest of the three of them. And then we have track four, We Love You, which is actually my favorite song on the album. I just had so many good things to say about Nobody. But realistically, We Love You is my favorite song on this album. You know, the music video is really cool. If you haven't checked it out, it's, like, interactive. Like, you're going through, like, all these different stages of, like, the world, basically, while the song plays. And you get to kind of, like, look around and see all the different changes happening around you. 
you. And I can only imagine that Sinister Gates and M Shadows thought about how cool that would be while they were doing DMT. So anyway, here's what the band had to say about the track. So they said, set to a 4-4 techno beat, the song is a cross between Mr. Bungle and R. Kelly. Alright, says Brooks. Shadows came up with the chant in the shower. I was like, more sex, more pills, more drugs, more, more. It's everything. Those are the simple little things that are like aha moments. So the song kind of has like multiple points in it where M Shadows himself, like I saw them do this live on a video, like M Shadows actually chants all this shit. Like I really thought it would just be like noises over the speaker, like a backtrack. But M Shadows is chanting all of this shit live and he's got to remember all of it. And I find that impressive in itself. You know, it's like more this, more that, build tall, build faster. Like I fuck with it. Like these are some of the innovations, innovations that they did on the album that I think really work. Like this is such a good song. And honestly, I'm going to give We Love You a 9.5. Here's the unfortunate part. It's all downhill from here on this album. Started off so strong, and these are all long tracks. Like, you really do get, like, 20 great minutes of Avenged Sevenfold. And then we dive into track five, which is called Cosmic. Let's hear what Avenged Sevenfold had to say about it. Synth says, It was meant to be an adventurous ballad mixing Daft Punk with Elton John and took months to piece together. Zach says the song makes you feel love and sadness all at once. It was recorded on multiple drum kits, recalls Brooks. I was tripping over snare drums because we had so many on the floor, and it was a drummer's wet dream in there. It's really unfortunate that this is the track that gets called the drummer's wet dream. Like, honestly, like, it's kind of, it's ballady. It doesn't really do nearly as many crazy things as it possibly could have. M Shadows is definitely playing with all, like, the vocalizer tools throughout the whole thing. This song doesn't really stretch as far as it could have. Like, for a song called Cosmic on an album that's supposed to be, like, their DMT album, it's, like, basically, like, a seven-minute, and it's, like, a seven-and-a-half-minute, like, Avenged Sevenfold Pink Floyd-inspired love song. Like, this is definitely not a song that I really enjoyed at this point in time. Like, maybe as I listen to the album, more as a whole it's gonna grow on me but I definitely think that this was kind of boring you know seven and a half minutes it doesn't do nearly as much as everything on the album has at this point in time I'm gonna give cosmic 5.5 out of 10 I think that that's that's fair that's what I'm gonna give that song and the funny part is a lot of the people I've been seeing straight up hating on this album said that this was one of the best songs that they accidentally put on it like come on I don't even know how that's possible. Like, it's a, it's like a ballady song on an album where they're trying to do a bunch of experimental stuff. I feel like more so than most of the other songs on it, everything that's on it is kind of said and done before. And then track six, we have Beautiful Morning, which apparently Lionel Richie could have been on. That would have been interesting. That would have been innovative if Avenged Sevenfold decided, fuck it, we're gonna have Lionel Richie on our album. But unfortunately, that didn't work out. Let's hear what Avenged Sevenfold had to say about the track Beautiful Morning. With a Brian Wilson-ish wall of sound. Brian Wilson, obviously, from uh, the Beach Boys. The uh, Thurman was, I believe, the, the big instrument that the Beach Boys were known for using on uh, Good Vibrations. Obviously, other innovators of sound. This has screaming metal guitars. I don't know if the Beach Boys had those, but, you know. 
and uh, ominous vocal harmonies a la Alice in Chains, which Anthony Fantano was definitely convinced that they were ripping off Alice in Chains with this song. We went so far off the rails that we were just laughing and then found ourselves reeling ourselves back in, says Zachy, calling the song a nod back to stuff that we loved listening to. Beautiful Morning is not one of my favorite songs on the album either. I feel like it kind of got a little boring at this point. Like, uh, it's another long song. They're mentioning uh, fake flowers again. M. Shadows talks about walking on water, but you can't walk on water, you know, because, you know, we can't and i don't know i felt like it was a little boring it didn't really it didn't really meet that expectation i had for the things that they were trying to do but you know i will talk about like people have said that it has like daft punk influences on it like you could definitely see those i don't know if that's something that the metalheads are going to be a super big fan of but like Avenged sevenfold is really interesting in that they've managed to fit themselves in three categories like Avenged sevenfold fits in with like the metallica pantera type band like the classic classic metal and then they also fit in with like the i'm gonna call it divorce dad rock that's what we've been calling it in my life recently so that's what we're gonna go with like the bands like papa roach breaking benjamin um seether like avenge sevenfold could be like a top tier one of those bands and they also kind of came up on the roots of like you know kill switch engage like bullet for my valentine type of band so they they really do kind of fit into all of these different realms i will say that this song definitely has some innovations to it but overall like it really just doesn't do as much for me as like nobody or we love you does without a doubt i'm gonna give this one a six out of ten and then on to track seven which is called easy which like all of the different tools over the vocals really comes into play and is done well so Avenged Sevenfold says originally an insecure love song written many years ago by Sinister I would sing it to the Rev and he just fucking crack up musical influences are Kanye Stevie Wonder Led Zeppelin drums and Faith No More it's jazzy it's funky it's progressive Zaki says with new witty lyrics that tie into this story of man and mankind and how highly we think of ourselves easier is gonna be one of the tracks that is gonna grow on me i think that it was a cool one i I think it it brought a little bit more faith back to me after i listened to two like six and a half seven minute songs that i really didn't like so i'm gonna give easier a seven out of ten and then we are on to track eight which is just called g track eight nine and ten spell out g-o-d and o and d both have like full words to make god and for some reason this track is just called g which i guess is pretty g of them not really fuck me anyway so g kind of tells the story of like god creating the world i think and it's got like these parts where like m shadows is just talking with like a real low voice to it i think that it's definitely the most entertaining to me of the god trilogy i think that um it's a fun song i think that If this had kind of been more of like a a story that followed through with this first track, I think that I would have enjoyed it more. So of the G.O.D., the G is my my favorite of the three tracks. I don't really think that it plays into what they had to say, but let's read about what Avenged Sevenfold had to say about the track. They said, The first in the trio of tracks whose names spell out God, inspired by Travis Scott's complex rap hit Sicko Mode. I really don't think that the song sounds like sicko mode like it sounds more like yyz by rush like if they were gonna do sicko mode they should have done like 
kind of a little bit more of like a trap beat kind of deal. Like it's dope, it goes crazy, but it definitely goes crazy more like YYZ does than sicko mode. It says G kicks off with a rush of prog beats and electronics and background vocals by uh, Tara Stinson and Brianna Mazala, whose name I probably butchered, but it's kind of got like these like harmonized vocals on it. And it says, this Frank Zappa meets Daft Punk meets Stevie Wonder meets Sinatra meets Wizard of Oz, explains Shadows. I don't know how that makes sense, but I, in some senses it does. Like I said, of the G.O.D., the G is my fave, and I'm going to give the G a 7. It's, uh, it's an interesting track. I, I feel like it could go better than it actually does, starting off with this track in the trilogy, but... And then we are on to the O, which is uh, Ordinary. It says, uh, according to Avenged Sevenfold, a first for Avenged Sevenfold, this song about a robot is built with funk guitar, closing with the threatening sound of an oncoming car engine. Says Shadows, what would a robot be asking its creator? Am I conscious? Is this real? Is that love? What am I feeling? I don't know. I feel like that's kind of what Avenged Sevenfold talks about on the stage. I don't really see that as that complex, but that's definitely what this song's about. It's kind of like Ex Machina type of track where, you know, it's really from the robot's perspective. I've kind of focused more on the lyrics of this track than I have, like, the instrumentals to it. So I'm going to probably need a little bit more time with that. But, like, at this current point in time, like, I'll give O a 6 out of 10. And then we have track 10, D, which is Death. You have G. And then you have O, Ordinary, and then D is Death. And it says, With music originally written by Synth for his wife as Alone Tonight, the track now has extreme shades of light and dark with dozens of jazz chords and a Sinatra vocal by Shadows. It's completely depressing and absolutely glorious at the same time, says Zaki. It's kind of an acceptance of an insane journey that life is and how we all end up leaving it. And it really does have that Sinatra vibe to it. Like... I'm gonna say that D is probably the song that, like, thinking back over the album, like, I think I took in the least, and I really don't know what that has to say about it. From what I remember, it's, like, twinkly. I don't know. People might be into this. Maybe I'll like it more later on, but, like, it really is, like, Frank Sinatra, Wizard of oz type music, which, like... I don't really like the band Ice Nine Kill that much because to me they just sound like Nightmare Before Christmas music. Event Sevenfold kind of did that but with like twinkly Wizard of Oz Frank Sinatra on this track. I don't know. I think at this point in time I'm going to have to give uh, D-Death a a 5 out of 10. We'll see if it grows on me at all but I I feel pretty confident in that. And somehow it leads really well into the final track on the album Life is But a Dream. I don't think anyone will ever seek out listening to the song Life is But a Dream by itself but let's hear what Avenged Sevenfold had to say about it. It says originally called I don't know what that says. It's this translation River's Dream. This instrumental by Synth was written for Shadow's firstborn son River 10 years ago. I spent the last two years of my life learning how to play that song, and it was the craziest undertaking I've ever experienced. Zaki calls it a somber and uplifting ending to a cathartic album. It's like four and a half minutes of jazz piano. 
at the end of the Avenged Sevenfold album. I don't know. I just feel like they could have done such a better job of ending this. This ended up being such a top-heavy album, and they said that they were going to tell the story and be so creative. And, like, I feel like a lot of the things that they did in the creative realm have been done before when they're such a great band that could have, like, really changed the game with the influences they said they were going to on this album. And it came up, and they did some really great things in some moments. I think they definitely added their catalog but was this album great as a whole all right i'm gonna take the average of what i gave each of the songs i'm gonna give life is but a dream a five out of ten because i can't possibly give it anything lower like you know it's this like piano piece like it's definitely great to some people but on an avenged sevenfold album like it's kind of a what the fuck but at the same time you know if i'm having a nice dinner I might be like, fuck yeah, Avenged Sevenfold, while I'm eating my steak with my boo, like, but at the end of the album, I'm not too sure. But altogether, adding up all the scores that I gave each of the songs, it adds up to a 7.8 out of 10. But when you kind of try and press the boundaries and do something crazy, I don't think that that's the worst grade you could get. Um, Now, I kind of want to go into, like, where I would rank this in terms of, like, all of Avenged Sevenfold's albums. Like, to me, without a doubt, I think that Nightmare is the best Avenged Sevenfold album. You know, they were kind of, like, a little bit out of their going with the mainstream vibe at that point in time. And they really put out a cool album. Like, there's some really catchy, great songs on it. One of my favorites is Danger Line. But then it's also got, like, Buried Alive, Welcome to the Family, Nightmare, the song like save me there's so many good tracks on nightmare and then at number two i'd probably put waking the fallen which has unholy confessions definitely a favorite song of all time on it but then it also has like eternal rest it has chapter four it has second heartbeat like waking the fallen is incredible it's one of the best albums of that type of music ever avenge sevenfold like mastered the metalcore before they went on to like their radio rock days with City of Evil, and also with the White Album. And at number three, I'm going to put the White Album. Like, yeah, it's definitely the most radio accessible, but those songs are fucking bangers. Afterlife, Scream, and let's not forget that this album has a little piece of heaven, which is like one of the best weird long metal songs of all time. I'm gonna put Little Piece of Heaven as like my second favorite Avenged Sevenfold song of all time. And then I'd say that, you know, so far we would have Nightmare, and then we would have Waking the Fallen, and then the White Album. I'll put City at Evil at number four. It has some of their best songs of all time on it. Like Backcountry is definitely one of the best. Beast in the Harlot, Seize the Day. There's a lot of really great songs on it. Like this was kind of like in their MTV TRL era and you know definitely made a name for themselves during this era and then I guess I would have to go with this stage you know it's a weird album this stage as a single at first was kind of strange to me Sunny Disposition's a great song Goddamn is a great song Paradigm grew on me probably the most of anything on the album I do think it kind of falls off a little bit after Angels but like it's still it's pretty solid especially over time listening to it I remember they like shock dropped this album it's the only one that they really did something like that with and you know it came out in 2016 it's their last album to this one yeah i still listen to it you know as an avenged sevenfold fan it's probably one of my least favorites but would i pick it over a lot of other stuff fuck yeah and then at six i would put hail to the king which the title track is great i love the song hail to the king but ultimately like they're just trying to be metallica and pantera on this album like they really do like lean in as hard as they can into like the classic metal 
and it worked, but, you know, it's not really, like, time to be classic. It's time to be modern and try new things, and I think that's kind of where Avenged Sevenfold missed out on this one. And once again, it works better towards the top of the album and then kind of falls off a little bit towards the bottom. And then last without including the new album, because I'm not really too sure where it would fall, it probably fall in the bottom four, but I'm Seven Trumpets would be the final one. I mean, but it's a great album too. I mean, it's just for what it is, it doesn't reach the level of the rest of Avenged Sevenfold. Like, I'm sure if this was a standalone album, there'd still be people out there that just totally stand this one album by that one random metalcore band that came out in 2002. Like, it's got a really great kind of, like, switch up between the screaming and clear vocals, and it really does kind of go in the direction of what Waking the Fallen's gonna do. And then there's, like, songs like Warmness of My Soul, which is, like, a great classic Avenged Sevenfold song, but at the same time, like, they just get so much better than what they had to offer at this point in time. I will say We Come Out at Night is a fucking banger. So don't think that just because this is in last that it's a bad album. It's really not. Avenged Sevenfold's put out a lot of great music that I probably put over a lot of other bands' entire discographies. But once again, not for one second does that say that they're flawless. At the end of the day, Life is But a Dream, the new Avenged Sevenfold album, I'm giving a 7.8 out of 10 total. You can catch them on tour. Part of their tour is with Alex is on Fire, and the other half is with Falling in Reverse, who are out doing other awesome, innovative things in the world of hard rock and heavy metal. And this has been another episode of Zach Attacks. Thank you for listening.